0: You're listening to Crossings Conversations from Church Divinity School of the Pacific, a show about leaders creating Christian community and sharing God's love.
1: This is Jay from uh, Church Divinity School of the Pacific, and I'm here with uh, Miss Tillinson, a third year student at CDSP. Miss, welcome. Thank you. Share a bit about who you are where you call home and what has drawn you to CDSP?
0: So um, I am i Mesa. I'm a third year here. Um, I'm originally from the Netherlands and I moved to the States in 2013 and then to California in 2015 and started the sermon process relatively quickly after that. And uh, my family and I moved to Berkeley in 2020 to start seminary. And I'm a at this time I'm a transitional deacon in the diocese of california and will hopefully be ordained a priest in may and i was interested in cdsb for a couple of reasons some of them practical like i would prefer not to move my family cross country for three years um but also for more ministry oriented reasons and that i wanted to be able to take classes at the gtu thought that would be a great addition to seminary and i also think the bay area as like this Church Silicon Valley space is a really interesting place to do ministry and in some ways also kind of a unique space. So having my formation here uh, made a lot of sense to me in that regard. Oh, thank you.
1: So what is um, the one question you have encountered in the classroom that has sparked curiosity related to ministry and or your vocation?
0: One thing that... Um, I was interested in coming in from the Diocese of California that talks a lot about bifurcationality. Um, and I'm sure there's more nuance to it than this, but what we as postulants I think often hear is bifurcationality as like, you need a secular job to subsidize your church job, or you have to be living with someone who can subsidize your church job. But then in um, in our second year, we read something up from a book about bifurcationality and The point of that book, and that that has really sparked my imagination, um, is that it's not just the priest who's bifurcational, but it's the congregation. Like the congregation in in today's church landscape has to step up and lead in a a new way. And and I really, I mean, I really value my training and preparation for priesthood and for leading churches, but I think there's something really important about lay people understanding that if they don't need me to say prayers at mealtimes, right? They don't need me to minister to each other. They like, I work really hard in my exegesis classes, but they also don't need me to tell them how to read the Bible. So helping like, or leading in, in the kind of church in which priests and lay people work together and not in this hierarchical top-down way. Um, I've thought a lot about that as we go through classes and, and as I go through field ed part of why I think about that is the experiences I had before coming to seminary where, um, I go to a Bible study group on like Wednesday mornings and I could do that cause I was a stay at home parent. So I'd be there with like a baby and then later a toddler and a bunch of retired people basically. And in a lot of ways we were really different, but in the, some very important ways we were also not different. And I remember at some point, Someone was talking, and he and I didn't always get along, like we'd had some uh, rather enthusiastic discussions, we'll say, about ways of reading the Bible or just like social issues, but he was talking about his time in the military and raising his kids, and I suddenly realized like, oh, you and I don't necessarily, like, we don't share political views, or there's a lot we don't share, but like, you are looking for that same sense of belonging and safety and belovedness that I am looking for. so. What I'm interested in in church work, I guess in ministry is helping people kind of bridge that gap for themselves or seeing how we're more similar than we think we are from other people. like we're not as separated from people as we think. Um, and and I think taking an active role in leadership and then leading the congregation is is an important way to get there right that like the cultivation of spaces in which we are like you know able to heal and to to come together and to to go out into the world like there has to be something that we all do together there can't be me as the priest at the front right and then congregation as an audience right the congregation has to be ministering like yeah it, 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 we all have to do it at the same time
1: and and what is um one event and for one issue uh happening in the world that has impacted how you view ministry today?
0: Yeah, well, I started seminary in 2020, right? Height of the pandemic. And that obviously had a really big impact on the the kinds of questions I was asking. Um, and I know pandemic is kind of like old news by now, but it's. I think I think we're still like working through the lessons of it as, as a church. Um, and though I think church still works for a lot of people the way it was but the pandemic also showed us where it maybe wasn't working as well anymore um and if we're you know if we're a resurrection people then we can't ignore the places where the where the church isn't working and i think about like in my sending parish a lot of families didn't come back to church the way we might have expected them to even even really active ones and as a parent i totally get it because there are a lot of sundays where it would be really nice if i didn't have to like get up and get my kid ready for services, right? Or there's like sports games or birthday parties or, you know, so you have to do the grocery shopping at some point. But as a, you know, professional religious person, I do think that what we are offering people is worth the trade-off of having your Sunday morning be somewhere else. And it's our job to figure out that if the model we had pre-pandemic is not actually working anymore, what do people actually need, where do people actually, like, where are people actually, and how can we reach them? Um, I need a lot more ministry experience first, but I think at some point it would be really rewarding to go into interim ministry or congregational development work so that churches can, to help churches kind of figure out, like, who are we, where is God calling us to be in this time in which we're living, in this place in which we're
1: living? And and what has been one creative or experimental ministry opportunity you have explored and or encountered over the last year that has inspired you?
0: Yeah. So I've been mostly interested in, in these ministries that are connected to churches, but are not happening in church buildings. Um, And I will say that for me, it is important that these, these ministries are like rooted in Jesus, right? We, church is not a social club. I do think you need Jesus in church, but I also think that church can, you can think of church in a more broad sense or in a, a, you know, who is church and who comes to church can be a lot wider than we think about it now. And I'm thinking about how last week in in our leadership for ministry class, we had um, a priest come in who is working on a, on a project that would take, people, both church people and non-church people and bring them together at like, they have like a playground and they wanna like offer Friday Saturday night gatherings with like food and adults can talk and kids can play and just people can meet in ways that you don't necessarily have room for otherwise. And I think that is fascinating. And for my field ed, I work in a regular congregation, a small mission congregation in uh, Contra Costa County. But the vicar I work with is also the farm church missioner, Um, for the diocese of california and she's been working on a farm church for a while um and ran into some roadblocks which which in itself was frustrating but good lesson in in faithfulness and flexibility in ministry but the idea of extending church that i see in the farm church and that i see in that playground ministry and and i see a lot of congregations starting to think about this like that um that's been really inspiring
1: Where and how do you sense God calling you to live into your vocation beyond your seminary experience?
0: You know, I came to seminary with kind of a clear idea that I wanted to be a parish priest, and then I got here, and then suddenly I wasn't so sure anymore. Um, So I think for me, it's been really key to kind of lean into the openness and flexibility. Um, So when I think about like what, what I want my vocation to look like, or like my vocational work to look like and where I think God is calling me, I think a lot about values. Like I'd be interested in an associate work or in a CPE residency or youth ministry or a school chaplaincy or like, I don't know, combination of all of the above, if that's possible. But in all of those, I think what I'm, the work I'm interested in is, you know, lay formation and that kids and youth feel safe and empowered and, you know, Helping congregations be generous and hospitable places, which for me also looks like you know queer inclusion and disability inclusion and anti-racism and that kind of thing, and making it possible or easier for people to like experience the kind of transformation the sacraments have given me. Like that—that's the kind of thing that that I can feel God calling me to, and I, you know, don't quite know what that looks like yet, but um, I do. I do have faith that somehow or other a path will. Well open.
1: Right. And and um what is the final word of encouragement you have for those listening to this episode, especially
0: the CDSP community? One thing I noticed when we got to seminary was that we hear a lot about the church dying and and we know the church is dying. And I wish we heard a little bit more about what resurrection might look like. Because when I look around me, I see so many bright and passionate and compassionate people who who love God and love the church and have a lot of good ideas about where the church could go. And not just like not just in the seminary on the Seminary campus, right? But like so many people connected to CDSP. And and I also see a lot of churches that have been broken open by the pandemic and, you know, by the injustices that we're now paying all a lot more attention to. And I see a lot of courage for change. So that in itself, I think, gives me a lot of hope for the for the future. I mean, why why church is a really good question. Um, and I think it's also a really hard question to answer, partially because what we are offering is, at least in the Bay Area, but I don't think only in the Bay Area, very countercultural, right? Because we're asking you to come to church and to give up your time and give up your money and, you know, sit, well, not sit quietly for an hour, but like... Be present to something for an hour and like you know not scroll through Instagram or like but we're asking you to to give your attention to something in a very particular way, and our liturgies are not always um, as accessible I think as we would like them to be or as they feel to to those of us who are uh, frequent visitors and leaders, but I think that counterculturalness that causes a friction is also exactly why we should go to church or like what church offers and that I don't know of a lot of spaces where you can come and be entirely who you are, um, where you are with people that in some ways are similar, but in some ways are also different. Um, when I had my baby, like she, she suddenly gained, I don't know, a million church grandmas and grandpas, and my family is, a, is like a long way away, so that was really meaningful. And I think because we're bound together by our belief in God and by our our faith that somewhere over in the thousands of years of tradition, there is something worth holding on to that is bigger than ourselves. And I think in the Episcopal Church, we express that in our prayers and we, especially for me, I would say we express that in the Eucharist. Um, and coming together in that particular way, standing together around the altar and being present to each other in, in that way something you just don't get in other places. And is such a source of transformation if you let it. So both for like the individual transformation that it can do for people, or, like the healing that it does for people, or like just you know, the way that having fellow parents to worship with who could see when I was struggling and, you know, could also give you the nod of like you're doing just fine. Like right? your kid is fine and you are fine, and someday they will not be screaming in the middle of the service. And you know, whatever you bring to church is, is fine and good and can be there you take that back out with you, right? Hopefully, when you leave church, you're leaving with a little more knowledge of the grace that you've been given, right? You're leaving with a little bit more inclination to see other people as the children of God.
1: Thanks so much for joining us uh, on Crossings Conversations.
0: Thank you. Crossings Conversations is a co-production of Church Divinity School of the Pacific and Trinity Church Wall Street. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or share it with a colleague. You can learn more about the only Episcopal Seminary on the West Coast and subscribe to Crossings Magazine at cdsp.edu.